This week, and out now with Aaron and Abe, we're talking Beastie Boys story. And we're putting it on wax. Wait a minute, I forgot my introduction. We are now recording, and this is Out Now with Aaron and Abe. I am Aaron, and as always, this is... Abe, hello! Hi! Out Now is a film podcast where Abe and I discuss new movies weekly. Uh, we dig into movies via mostly spoiler free review, the occasional commentary track, or some uh, other fun movie topic. This is episode 405. 405. Whoa. It's always packed. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh... Oh, oh, he means the the, the freeway. Nice. Yeah. yeah. I mean, these days it might be a little less packed, but I mean, it's still you know, it's a it's a crowded. <laughs> true. It's a crowded it's highway. True. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, especially you know once once you get up like near the ten, like it's oof, like between the ten and the one oh one, like it gets pretty crowded in there in a rush hour. Let me tell you, but <laughs> you know, but you know, smooth. This is a lot. Of, this is a lot of Southern California humor. Yeah, smooth smooth sail until like the one oh five, to like the the one oh five, and then then like the one ten. Uh, yeah. Seven ten can get a little crowded. Six oh five though, that's where you get like heavy. Six oh five. They widen that. Don't a even bit. don't even like. Don't even try and get that to Pomona. That's crazy. Yeah, don't, don't even get on the 16. 22, 22 or the 57. You go that way. Yeah, and go then, and take the scenic route. Go to take the 210 when you're exiting out the 10 to go to Los Angeles. Yeah, go ahead. Yeah, so anyway. <laughs> the, um, was the 210 the one in speed that they were building before uh, it was completed? I, hmm. No, it's not the 210 in speed. I think it's okay. the, no, it's the 105. I believe it because that was it was the idea oh, was going to you're the 105 because okay. it was going to like it was an LAX geared freeway. That was the idea that <laughs> they were building at the time. Anyway, um, good movie for the yeah we have a commentary on it uh, for this episode. We're talking Beastie Boys story. Mm, drop. This is the documentary feature featuring V. Beastie Boys, directed by Spike Jones, and we'll get to all that as we go through this. It's going to be a very Beastie Boys-heavy episode, as you've no doubt heard from the intro music already. Uh, joining mm-hmm. us this week to talk Beastie Boys story, we have from Why So Blue sometimes. He fights for his right to kick it root down with Paul Revere. It's Peter Paris. Mm, drop! Yo, yo. Peter! Yo! Hey, guys. How? I need you to hit a freestyle right now. <laughs> <laughs> uh, got nothing. There you I'm go. Terrible, that's, I'm that's terrible. Good one. So, that's good so far. Yep, yep. <laughs> crushed, crushed it. How, how are you doing, Peter? Uh, I'm good. Um, you know, keeping safe. Uh, masks on when I'm uh, mask on when I leave. Um, my little neighborhood is uh doing fine, I guess. Um, still, still getting a lot of takeout. You, you would think this would make me start cooking but not at all so <laughs> well once we realized that you can still get takeout during a post bloodshot era it was just eating out all the time again <laughs> oh you know i almost rented rented that but aaron hates that movie so much and i was like, <laughs> I was like can i spend five dollars is it is it so he hates it so much i mean like, hate is strong but it probably is the worst movie yeah. i've seen this year <laughs> but, I mean, we'll get to that it's almost june <laughs> Uh, that's also, true it's it's oh. better in talking about it and talking about what it's trying to do than it is executing any of it that's that's the best way i can put that movie. but mm. but i mean it is good it, it would it did warrant the the uh, inspiration for the name of the now times versus the before times we have the pre-bloodshot era of course which is before everything happened, <laughs> right. and you know today right. so today okay so let's get some show notes out of the way uh before we get into this uh new commentary track is up we talked about the mummy 
1999's The Mummy for this month's commentary track. A lot of fun there. Yancey, Brandon, and Scott Mendelson all joined in uh, to, to go over that film and plenty more. Find that on iTunes, everywhere you can find our show, of course. And speaking of iTunes, you can give us a review and or rating up there as well. Search for our show out now there on Abe. And man, you could you can log man. on. <laughs> you could you could give us some you can give us a five star review or however stars you want. And you can even write us a little uh, little some uh, little little. Something no, just there. give us all the five star reviews, please, 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 please. Five stars. You might get a subway sandwich out of it. Not a sponsor. <laughs> Perhaps. <laughs> um, so yeah, all that's going on. What else? Oh, yes. Uh, happy birthday to my lovely girlfriend, Anna. Uh, it, at the time of this recording, it's a couple days early, but by the time it comes out, it'll be uh, right on her birthday. So uh, it's we've had a, a fun few weeks here um, because it was our anniversary earlier. And we had a whole special episode devoted to our favorite movie memories, which is a lot of fun to do. But yeah, just wanted to say again, happy birthday to my lovely girlfriend. Your So wait, your anniversary, your birthday, and Anna's birthday are all within a week? Yeah, they, they within like two way. weeks. Yeah. yeah. Wow, that's they, great. They were like, "Hey, yeah. let's uh, before we get together, what's uh, your birthday date?" And then they're like, "Hey, the stars align." <laughs> uh, it worked out. That yeah, that's what happened. <laughs> and uh, yeah, that's uh, that's show notes. Let's um, let's move on now. Let's get to uh, let's well, let's do our let's do one of our favorite segments here. What we would have talked about, or go over briefly what we would have talked about this week if the world did not end. Um, and, and theatrical releases <laughs> remain the same. <laughs> so um, dire. So uh, as opposed to like the mega blockbuster that would have been Black Widow last week, this week is a little bit smaller. Uh, the films that were going to come out the second week of May would have been the uh, Amando Iannucci's a David Copperfield movie with Dev Patel, which I'm very much looking forward to, as well as uh, Run from uh, the director of Searching from a couple years ago, the films with, uh, with uh, John Cho. Um, I, I know we've talked about David Copperfield a, a number of times on this podcast. We did, point. yeah. We talked about the trailer. I think we were both excited for the movie. Uh, it looked pretty fun, and also we like Armando Inucci's work. Yeah, for sure. And uh, I, I I can't remember if it's been rescheduled officially as of yet. It might be like next year at this point, even though it already came it out. It feels as though it's like going to come out to VOD, right? Because did you say that it was released overseas already? It was released overseas already, so there, it's like yeah. in one of the trickier uh, positions. Mm-hmm. Um, but then there's also Run, which is again the film from uh, Anish Chaganti, stars Sarah Paulson. Uh, Peter, did you see the trailer for Run? Uh, he, wait, did I see that? No, I don't think I saw that one. It's like a teen hmm. who's in, like, keep... a, in a wheelchair and she has like an overprotective mother and there's like something going on. No, I didn't see. I keep getting it confused with the HBO Run. Yeah, there's a show called Run on HBO right now. Right, <laughs> so, that's, yeah. that's uh, Merit. Merritt Weaver and Don, 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 Donald Gleason. Yeah. And Donald Gleason. Yeah, so I've seen that one. I heard the show's okay. Um, no, I haven't seen the Sarah Paulson one. Was that in your notes that I was supposed to check out? I'm sorry. No, it wasn't. No. 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 Yeah. Um, yeah. Well, I mean, I, I I saw half the trailer, and then I thought, this seems like it's giving away some things. I'm going to stop watching it, but it looked compelling. And, I mean, oh. we're fans of searching on this podcast, so. Yeah, yeah. That's a, that's a good uh, – What's what's great about searching it is just the the ideas behind it, you know, like you're just on the screen. It's pretty it's pretty fascinating. Wait, is searching? Yeah, searching is like unfriended, right? Yes, yeah, but... yeah. John Cho's looking for his daughter, by and then the interface is all computer. It's a screen movie, as far as everything's like yeah. shot on, in various screens. Uh, the different like unfriended... it's pretty clever the way that they do. Yeah, unfriended... unfriended is basically unfriended is a desktop. It's a desktop, and, and it's like through think, like yeah. Skype between one main conversation Skype. where searching right, takes place right, over right, a, right. searching takes place over a you know a longer period of time, and it uses 
phone screens, computer screens, some uh, surveillance footage, like private videos. Uh, yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, no, no demons though. Yeah, no supernatural right. elements involved. <laughs> <laughs> And I heard we're aware of. I have unfriended Dark Web, and I've never seen it. I, I heard some people like it, though. I've heard I've heard a lot worse. <laughs> like I, I, I know I know some people like it. I know some people really hate it. But um, ah. I know you liked Unfriended more than I did. So like I'm not lining up to be like, let me get on the Dark Web. I so. did. I thought it was yeah. I thought it was a solid you know three out of five. It was entertaining. Yeah, enter, entertaining five. is fine. That's, that's that's where I was at. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Well, yeah, those were coming out, but you know, the <laughs> run and uh, David Goggins. See not. when they when they come out again. Yeah. yeah uh, and I don't, I just, I don't think there's an official release date for either of these as of yet. Like it's just been, it's just been delayed as of now. Oh wait, no, nope, never mind, nope, still delayed. Yeah, no. Uh, okay. No official release. Wait, so just curious, what did you if if there was no coronavirus and Black Widow had opened May first, did you guys on the last podcast like did you discuss? how big you think it would have been i'm just curious how oh, big no, you guys think it would have been no, no not in terms kind of just... discussing what we were looking forward to whether we were looking forward to it yeah we're not much of a numbers and game Peter, in this podcast. it's called the post bloodshot era mm, drop right the post bloodshot era yeah you know you're totally right um <laughs> yeah PBS. we don't we don't like to give that disease a, the the name so to empower it this is like a voldemort situation <laughs> exactly <laughs> or it's... i mean he who must not be named situation <laughs> All right, <laughs> that's enough of that. Let's uh, let's get into our uh, our main review here. Let's talk about Beastie Boys story. Ready? Yeah. Now here's a little story that I got to tell about three bad brothers that you know so well. It started way back in history with that rock, MCA, and me, Mike D. Hello, everyone. Woo! What we're gonna do right here is go back, way back, back into time. The Beastie Boys. The Beastie Boys. The Beastie Boys. The Beastie Boys. In the early 80s, everyone in our scene was in the band. We wanted to be rappers so bad, but we were mediocre at best. Most rappers hold their rhymes in little pieces of paper, right? That should have been some of the trailer for Beastie Boys story. In the post, in the pre-Bloodshot era, <laughs> before everything changed, there was a plan to release Beastie Boy Story in IMAX on April 3rd, before its streaming debut later in that April. The idea was to project the film, which functions as a live documentary, in front of crowds all over to ideally create a similar experience to what the live audience in, featured in the film saw. As it stands, Spike Jones directs this live theater performance featuring Mike Diamond, a.k.a. Mike D, and Adam Horowitz, a.k.a. Adrock, going through a... PowerPoint-style presentation of the history of the band with a heavy focus on their early years, including the reception of their albums and the eventual death of MCA, a.k.a. Adam Yauch. Peter, what's been your relationship with the Beastie Boys, and what would you think of this live documentary experience? The Beastie Boys, for me, are, are completely... Like, I am Gen X kid, so they are... They are very much my formative years. I would say the Beastie Boys are the most important um, uh, band or, well, I mean, yeah, they are a band, but a musical uh, act, I would say post being in junior high or something and being into pop stars, you know, so yeah, you know, Michael Jackson, Prince, Madonna, you know, all that. I'd say the Beastie Boys were the first where it wasn't my parents, Led Zeppelin or Rolling Stone, you know, it wasn't, New Wave Duran Duran, 
Uh, and I already was, you know, getting into hip hop and stuff. So, yeah, like Licensed to Ill was pretty crazy. I mean, that was pretty big, like Licensed to Ill and LLLJ run DMC. So, yeah, yeah, huge. Um, I was uh, I was really uh, I saw the I saw the trailer for this documentary a few months ago. And I was kind of disappointed because, you know, in the world we live in, especially for Netflix, even though this was Apple Plus uh, for Netflix. I always feel like a lot of times when Netflix puts a trailer out, you're not too far out from actually seeing it. Mm-hmm. And I feel like I feel like the Beastie Beastie Boys is it a Beastie Boys story? Is that it's what a, it no, is? It's just, no, it's just it's Beastie, called Beastie Boys story. Just like it's Beastie called, Boys story. Just like it's called Beastie Boys book. It's called Beastie Boys story. Right, 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 right. Which no, I, I which actually I gave that book to uh, one of my friends uh, uh, last holiday because he was another. Beastie Boy person, so that's a great book too. Um, but yeah, I remember being disappointed that I because I feel like I saw the trailer in February and being like April. I was like, this is so long. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I watched it pretty much the night at like 9 p.m. or whenever it came out, like that night. Um, and I've seen it twice actually, because uh, I watched it with myself and then my girlfriend, and um, I yeah, I really enjoyed it. I I'm I'm curious because you guys are like. You know, a little younger than me, um, Aaron, I know you're a fan of uh, Beastie Boys, so I'm assuming we all are. That's why we're doing this uh, podcast. Oh, but, you'll be surprised. <laughs> oh, well, all right. All right. Uh, <laughs> but Who? I, I guess I, I felt like I was I think, yeah, I thought I was I really like the doc, the the live doc. Um, you know, I, I heard some reviews that it can be a little TED talky, like because it is basic, like you said, if we had been able to see it as an IMAX experience that actually would have been pretty cool. Cause then yes, I could see feeling like you're in the crowd with the, with the live. I think it was shot in Brooklyn in April, like a year ago or yeah, something like that. Yeah, that would have yeah. been really awesome. Um, I think my only real criticism is that like they spend, I want to say like the first 50 minutes on basically the beginning and the first album, like, um, and that's all great. I, I think that's all really, really interesting. But for some reason, maybe because it was with a live audience, like I felt like I wish this was like a six part documentary. And so I was like, oh, man, you get to Paul's Boutique, which is like one of my favorite albums ever. And they barely talk about it. Like and then it feels like hello, nasty, ill communicate. It feels like all of that is so sped through. They don't even I don't even think they talk about um, they don't talk about the last three albums. Yeah, it's like so like on that. Yeah, on that level. I almost wish because I feel like in the beginning you see them you see that it's it it looks like it was shot in Brooklyn multiple nights and I guess now that I think about it I was like oh why didn't they do three nights three different eras and then you could have then we could have seen it as all three parts cuz I understand you can't really have an audience sit there for 6 hours like I totally get that but looking back on it I'm like oh why didn't you just do it differently but maybe it's that they were like no 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 no. we want to shoot the same thing three times or whatever and then of course hopefully we can edit around any mistakes or whatever so i don't know but no but overall of course i'm a huge fan so uh i enjoyed it and also you know even though again um i was pretty bummed when prince died um when yauk died i guess it it's a d- different thing because he's like around. He's a little older than me, but it, it it was a very much like oh whoa like somebody of my generation I grew up with died 
It's a it's a different thing than like a huge pop star like Michael Jackson or Prince, who I don't really consider like my generation, though, even though I, I, I love them. So that's was so that, of course, is very emotional, like for me, you know, hearing these three guys, you know, there's two guys talk about, you know, one of their best friends and everything. So I have no I really don't know what this doc would be like unless I'm about to hear uh, from Abe. I don't know what this would be <laughs> like. I don't know what this would be like to watch this. And not be a fan. The only last thing I'm going to say, because I've been talking too long, is that um, I am not normally a proponent of of like fan service like stuff. I, you know, I mean, anybody listen to me talk about the Star Wars movies and stuff. I don't always think that leaning into fan service is a good thing. But in this case, I'm kind of like, well, I don't I don't know how this would work. If you're, you're probably only going to watch this if you are a fan of this person's music or, or person, this band's music. Mm-hmm. So, but I, but again, yes, I very much enjoyed it, but I am not sure how how objective I can be about I, the piece. I mean, I disagree with that last point, but I'll get I'll get to that. I want to hear Abe first, but I'll just say to provide some context for how this film was put sure. together. Um, they it it was a kind of a multi multi week like tour, not tour because it all they did it all in the same place over and over again. But they you know they basically gave this performance this the, theatrical presentation of their the history of their band multiple times as as evidenced by like the outtakes at the end of this film. And they used mainly the last one as the, the one that you see here on screen. Um, There, there's maybe some editing to kind of, you know, fill in, you know, some of the better moments of other previous recordings, but this like the, the last performance they did was the one that they purposely wanted to do for, uh, you know, a streaming performance version of it. So, um, with that in mind, Abe, where are you with the Beastie Boys, and what do you think of this movie? The Beastie Boys have been around since you and I have been alive. Uh, they obviously have been uh, just like ever present, omnipresent, I would say, until college, where it became one of those things where it's like you've never heard of the Beastie Boys' music and stuff like that. It's like so. Growing up, I I'd only heard of the more contemporary things because of my older siblings, right? So I did hear Hello Nasty, and I did and Intergalactic Planetary is like the song that keeps keeps on playing in my head whenever I think about the Beastie Boys. But as you get older and you experience their older albums, and you also experience kind of like just where uh, kind of where they came from, and then it's weird now to think about how they've they've become so much a part of our lives that they seem peter you mentioned this like they seemingly grew up you grew up with them uh and then they, they get inducted into the rock and roll hall of fame and all this other stuff and it's like yeah cool i know these guys you know so as far as like the documentary goes i think it's a good documentary do i think it's a great one no but here are the reasons why right and i think it's because this is a very interesting look at peter i think you might have called the fan service I, w- I would say it's something else i would say that it's a very interesting look at how you sort of take control of, of the of the narrative of your band your persona whatever the case is um, the beast boys have been very very good about saying hey by the way we don't we're not going to license any of our stuff out to anybody unless we have like some creative control process in it um and this is another case of that right and it's not to say that this is bad It's just that when you parallel this with a documentary that would maybe go into some other things in a much more investigative, not not investigative, but in a much more in-depth manner, maybe you could have hit on more things like the Kate Schellenbox of the world or how they burned out after 1989 kind of thing and they really needed to reset. Um, Or maybe like the the really, um, I guess, introspective looks that MCA might have had after uh, they stopped touring and he went on his own little break. You know what I mean? Um, 
that's not to say that this is a bad documentary at all. It's actually a very interesting way that they did it. And to be honest, it's really the most Beastie Boy way of doing it, if I'm if I'm completely uh, uh, truthful. And what I mean by that is it's their story. It's their words. It's how they want it to be uh, displayed. And you said that it was a TED Talk. I did get that vibe. Um, I think the thing that holds it back is that they do spend a lot of time in the early parts of it, 84 through 89, maybe 90. Um, and then they they kind of for, fast, not fast forward, but they, they do go through the rest of it fairly quickly, minus a few of their, their most recent albums. Um, and at which point you're just like, yeah, I would love to see this as like a six part documentary series uh, on Apple Plus or wherever they're going to stream it. Um, does it make for a does it make for a premiere? No, it doesn't really make for like a premiere event. But the way that they did it here, there are some things where I just wished, hey, it would have been cool to see this and that. Uh, but as far as it goes, yeah, man, MCA, I miss that guy. He was like the guy that I identified with most. Um, and then I certainly really liked the uh, the way that they really incorporated so much of the, their early life, which I don't think you could have really gotten without their uh, without them really talking about it as much. I mean, I was surprised by some of the photography that they had in here just from like 87. Um, and it's, it's very fascinating just to see them like if you ever if you ever <laughs> I guess if you ever thought about like, oh, these people are destined to do something, it's almost as if these people were destined to do something. It's very strange to think about it that way. But um, as it goes along, there are some things here and there where I thought was uh, very fascinating. Um, one of them being when they pull out a uh, the way that MCA has has rigged um, a looping mechanism for a particular song, but then you see like the outtakes in the end and you're like, oh, this is much more like a performative piece um, that audiences who paid to go see it probably got versus what we got here in this documentary. And I think that part bummed me out a little bit too, because I was like, oh, it was much more immersive and it was much more of like a story to tell. Um, and that's a bummer. So it's a good documentary, but it's not one that I think is like an all timer. I'm a huge BC Boys guy uh, offhand. Like I, if like I was naming like favorite artists or groups, it would, you know, it would fall into that like clump of people that I suddenly named. Um, I've, I've grown up listening to them. Um, I, I remember hearing Paul's boutique for the first time from my uncle playing it on cassette for me and jumping to Eggman. Um, there's just like, <laughs> there's a, there's a lot that I just really enjoy about this band as far as the kind of, the kind of music they're doing, the way they evolve over the course of their albums, the sense of humor they bring and what they bring to the music videos that further show off their creativity. And we'll talk about that a little bit later. So it's always been like a joy to listen to Beast Boy albums, particularly like that 90s set of albums that came out. Like those are the ones that I most relate to just because I was growing up more during that period. Um, mm -hmm. So it's like there's there's a lot to just really like there as far as what they've been able to do over the course of their you know time as a band uh, together. And yeah, it, I mean, going into the 2000s, obviously they had a few more albums, but you know, the, the fact that yeah, Yauk died of cancer which wasn't he like didn't he get like it seemed like we knew about him having cancer and then it seemed like he got past it and then yeah it was like yeah. a few years yeah a few years he announced it and then it was like a few years and then they kind of went he kind of went dark and then you know they, you yeah. heard about the ultimate passing because yeah. i remember us talking about it on the podcast in 2012 um, when it when it yeah. happened um i believe adam gentry who's friend of the show was on the that episode but yeah so it's i've always been a, a major fan of, of the beast boys and as far as the stock goes i mean there yeah there was 
the uh, the anticipation I had was heavy because like there's a new documentary coming out the Beastie Boys that's going to be an IMAX and I've already talked about that in the previous show as far as what we could have got um, by getting to see that in a theatrical experience. Um, to speak to Peter's point first, as far as what fans versus non-fans can get out of this, I do think that I think if you're not a fan of the Beastie Boys or less familiar with their music, I still think there's a, a compelling story to be told here just because of the way they've put it together as far as, you know, selling their, their origin story and going through that. But, but even more so is the fact that they're just really entertaining people. Like it's so much fun to watch Adam and Mike on stage, not only like telling their story, but also like, you know, negging at each other making it spike jones off stage like having fun be doing this thing and I, I think if you're hearing you know the between the chemistry they have the energy they're bringing on stage and just telling a i think an interesting story about a few guys that you know made it and like where that took them i think even if you're not a fan of the beastie boys or like you just don't relate to their music or whatever i feel i still think there's an enjoyable thing to watch here uh, from my perspective, as a big fan, I i mean, we we're talking about it already. It's The movie's not long enough. <laughs> like, I could have sat here for another two hours. Like, the thing's two hours as it is. I could have sat for another two hours watching this because I'm just so fascinated by them telling their story. And I already know, like, so much about what's happened based off of the Beastie mm-hmm. Boys book, as well as just, you know, learning about them over time through various interviews and all kinds of things that I've read about before. I mean, it's there's they have a they have a great history as far as like what's got them to like where they are, and there's a lot of just like really interesting and fun things to learn about that. So watching this doc, I do wish that it, you know if you're gonna if it had to be two hours, I wish it did like truncate some of the earlier stuff with License to Ill, and yeah, got to Paul's boutique quicker, and then moved into Check Your Head, Ill Communication, Hello Nasty, to the Five Bureaus and everything. I, I do think there's a lot of really good story that still could have, could have come out of post hello nasty which is really where they kind of leave off as far as their musical career goes which is a bit of a mm-hmm. shame that said i mean if you're a major fan of beastie boys beastie boys book is out there and that delves heavily into all of the things that they've been involved in the things that basically i'm missing from this docker in that but i mean as a live presentation yes it would have been nice to see a more complete version of their story since it's called beastie boys story but still kind of leaves us off kind of two-thirds of the way through I think there was a bigger chance to kind of delve deeper into that. That said, it's really entertaining to watch this. I, I, I again, I can't emphasize the, the chemistry they have together enough, and the fact that I, I really like how Spike Jones leaves in a lot of like, or they just leave in a lot of like the mistakes that happen. Like, there's things that just don't go the right way as far as their presentation, like audio and video drops that are supposed to take place, and they just don't. And instead of, like, editing around that or cutting to a different show where it did happen correctly, they just leave that in, because why not? And like you said, Abe, I do think that makes this the most Beastie Boys way of presenting something like this. It feels far more authentic because of how imperfect this is, as opposed to having Mm -hmm. this very clean presentation of what they're trying to do with this, you know, live stage talk performance you mentioned the ted talk you think i mean i just i don't see that as a detriment to it like it just it's a very specific kind of style for you know presenting this information something that's unique honestly as far as seeing a long documentary that's about rappers that aren't actually singing in the movie <laughs> like so it's there's there's a lot here that i really enjoy yeah and i uh i'm very happy that i've been able to see it well i i definitely think that no i i agree with what you're saying and i I think that one of the things about Beastie Boys in general that I think works really well in having these people, these two guys, 
um, tell their story is because of the trajectory of their career, you know, with License to Ill and Paul's Boutique, especially from License to Ill to Paul's Boutique. Um, I really and I really like that. And they talk about this. I, I really like seeing, you know, people who were you know, pretty famous be able to talk about behavior or things that they aren't really proud of like anymore. And, and, and I think it's, I think if you're a fan of the beast boys, it's been known for quite some time that they, they, they almost I feel like when they were touring, there was a period where they didn't really want to play anything from license to ill. Right. I feel like they finally, they finally found a way to embrace that music and everything. But I really appreciate that about there's a, there's a moment in the doc where, Someone, I think it's a press person or someone approaches. I want to say it's probably yeah. It's, it's yeah. probably says something. About, yeah, and it's like, well, how could you condemn, you know, sexism or misogyny when like you guys were clearly like like that? Aren't you being a hypocrite? And then doesn't I think MCA says something like, well, he said, well, yeah, I'd rather be a hypocrite than the same person forever. And I was like, oh, that's a pretty good. I was like, oh, I like that. I was like, yeah, that's a pretty good answer to yeah. it's like, yeah, people change people, especially when they were, what are they like 17 or something? Like they're so yeah, young, they're early, super early, young. early 20s. Like, yeah. It's, yeah, so it's it's, it's, it's incredible. The riser trajectory for sure. And it's like, you know, yes, you gain introspection when you get older as far as your choices when you yeah. made when you're younger. And that doesn't make you a bad person. I mean, side of the yeah. scene as far as the kinds of no, things no, you're no. doing but as far as saying lyrics during a certain time period where it just kind of fits for certain adolescents yeah you're gonna grow up and realize i probably shouldn't have said things like that and it's not a right. it's not a matter of apologizing necessarily it's just more of like i recognize what i've done and i've grown since then and you should either accept that or stop bugging me about it because what's going to change i can't change the past yeah Correct. but again the acknowledgement of it is something that is uh, tremendous you know it shows great sure. great maturity on yeah. their part you know because you do hear I mean, there's tons of early rappers or early musicians that have lyrics that are questionable right and to own up to it and be like hey like to your point you know when the controversial song came up i think we all knew that it was girls um just if you're a fan of the of the oh, well, yeah. girls, you know that it's like hey by the way they i know that they don't like this song as much but also if you were to pick it apart and look at the lyrics you're just like yeah this is not great but for them to be like, hey, we don't really feel like playing the song as much anymore. I mean, that's great. That's maturity saying like, you know, this was written in a time in which we were young, we were dumb, and, and we, we we don't recognize that as ourselves anymore. And they, um, I mean, what they I do want to say about – They even – just real quick. They, yeah. even, they even acknowledge the fact that it's like they were – they were attempting to spoof that type of attitude that's seen in like party bros. Right. And then they kind of fell prey to becoming the part or like at least confuse themselves yeah. as to whether they were that, which I think is a lot like, um, it's like a Zizad sorry when he did that, the Randy persona. And it's like, is he actually Randy <laughs> now? Like, it's like, <laughs> right. Right. And it, and it kind of, I totally thought that he was, it kind of took over his act for a while, as far as being this over the top yeah. stand up guy. And then it became hard to separate Aziz Ansari's comedic, comedic style versus, the one he, he created for like funny people is the origination of that. So, which and, yeah, and I and I really I really like um, yeah I I know I agree with you guys I I think there there's an interesting thing there and we can get into this later when we talk about the music videos but I definitely think that the Beastie Boys were able to they were able to kind of like present a certain kind of lifestyle in a way that 
if you were of their age and other generation, you'd be like, oh, yeah, they're kind of making fun of this. They're not completely serious. But then, you know, decades later, you have to be like, well, yeah, it's like, of course, frat boy culture or whatever could completely embrace this, too. And sometimes I don't I don't really begrudge them that I'm like, eh, I'm like, but I but I also understand I can't imagine the weight that they have of thinking about like, oh, man, like people took this this way and then they just ran with it, you know, which like literally so like, show, it yeah. literally shows in the reception of their follow up album, which was nothing like their first album that has that kind of right. attached to it. And it, and that's only like, you know, they're still in like the early 20s at that point, too. So, it, again, they were just what's fascinating about this, again, which I mentioned is because it is from their voice, their narrative. I mean, right now, what's going on right now is you have the last dance with this Michael Jordan documentary and you have all these different voices that are saying, well, Michael was this or that or Michael himself saying I was not this and I was not that kind of thing. And I think that adds layers of complexity that that people like to understand about these characters and these people in our lives. Because this is all just Beastie Boy stuff, you know, you do have everybody knows about the Russell Simmons and uh, Rick Rubin stuff and how they had a falling out. But it would be fascinating to hear from the Rick Rubin and Russell Simmons side of being like, we wanted them to do this and this and this. And, you know, they were just like really burned out. And maybe I pushed them too hard, too. And that would have been fascinating because we know that they bear the hatchet. That's been that's been public since like, what, 2004 or whatever. But, yeah, it would be great. You know, like I think that. Would they ever approve something like that? I hope so. Maybe someday if it was something that they knew, maybe Spike Jones would just go off and, and do a documentary with all these other different voices. But I think that's what I would have liked to have seen in addition to what we did see. Again, everything that we did see is very, very fun and good and entertaining. Um, but if we wanted to really get a sense of who these guys are, it's very fascinating. Aaron, you mentioned this. They they are entertaining people, and it is so much of an ad rock and um, a Mike D type of banter. But when you watch some of their interviews with like other folks leading up to this premiere – um, they do get serious on some of them, and it's very fascinating to hear them talk seriously about uh, whatever the situation is. And I, I think that this one, because they were going for this entertainment value too, um, it does become like a, a, an act piece. You know what I mean? Like not an act in a negative way, more like it's an art piece. You know well, what yeah, I mean? And, and that's, that's the thing. Yeah, like, totally. What you're what you're speaking to, as far as you know, getting other opinion, like. I don't disagree that that'd be interesting, and there, there are, there's, you know, there's tons of interviews with them already as far as yeah. them talking about these kinds of things that you're saying would be neat to see. At the same time, it's like this is, and this is essentially like a live autobiography, right? I mean, it's, it's, it's very purposely being from their perspective of telling their right. story, and I, I, I don't, again, I don't disagree that it would be interesting to see hear other voices, but that's just that's not the film that this is trying to be. It's like it's trying to, it's, it wants to go through this method as far as having them tell you from their from their eyes how they got from point a to point b sure and my and my my main issue for this film specifically and what it's trying to do is that i just don't think it reaches b i think it stops in the middle i think it stops two two thirds on the way to b which i think is a bit of a shame. yeah i think i think we all are on that same yeah. page too and and then the yeah, other point that i wanted to chat about was just briefly about you know a lot of rappers when they're young they'll do this like what we what we discovered here they'll do like this frat yeah pop uh rap stuff and the person i thought about the most when i was watching this was mac miller and it was like you know when you listen to mac miller's early albums uh they're just like a bunch of like goofy songs that he's rapping to then later he gets more introspective as he uh 
progresses in his musical musical career. So to see the BC Boys like again own up to like, hey, these lyrics are questionable. We don't agree with it, and then write new lyrics. Yeah, MCA will write new lyrics about like forgiving uh, himself as a younger person. It's very cool to see that, and uh, you know, credit to the BC Boys for for being in our lives, but also like figuring out a way to like. Not like a tone necessarily for like mistakes. I don't think they made really many mistakes per se, but it's more just like for them to to really um, mature is something that you don't really see a lot of like people owning up to, especially like in in art industries. Yeah, same. Like, well, I'm not yeah. seeing like Roman Polanski being like, "Hey, I apologize for whatever I did in 1977 or whatever." You know what I mean? Oh well, yeah. I mean, I for sure. Um, I I I do think that um, maybe one of the things that kept the Beastie Boys or grounded or something is maybe they're they were so famous at this very specific point in time but because they always had their own friendship um you know this this kind of bond and a kind of way at like looking at the world maybe just their transition to that to then just really working on this amazing you know frankly groundbreaking album with the dust brothers um paul's boutique Maybe it's their love of that and maybe not what we see as like celebrity culture because celebrity culture has existed forever. So it's not like Instagram is, you know, new, to, you know, that that's a new thing. Um, but it's funny because when I think of Eminem, um, I really lo- I, I, lo- I love a lot of early Eminem stuff. Eminem is a person who um, reg- whether or not he regrets certain things or not. He's a person who, as his albums have grown, he has kind of gone into that more, I guess what we see as like that kind of paranoid mm-hmm. pop star thing where it's like he is so fixated on like everyone's talking crap about me and blah, blah, blah. And you're all this. And I never really think the Beastie Boys went down that road. Because and I feel like that, I don't, they, don't, yeah. they don't exist in that kind of environment in the same way that Eminem yeah. does. Like he's, he's involved with very specific people that do have this thing about reputation and what have you, where the Beastie Boys, like even trying to define their, I mean, we call them rappers, but like they're their own genre, they're, aren't I, they? I, like I just they're, call them musicians. Yeah, they're not making something standard, I guess is the best way I can put yeah. it. Like they're, they're doing their own very deliberate thing, and they work with people that are right. like that. They work with Spike Jones, who's not a director that you know makes conventional movies. They, they right. follow right. their own kind of path, and like they even look at their collaborations. It's not like they're, you know, it's not like. The, of the people that are featured on their tracks, there's not many, very, really. I, I mean, there's what there's like Q-Tip and who, Nas, uh, like who else? Like, there's not a yeah. lot. Like, they they really tend to work pretty independently and do, and outside of like DJs and what have you. Uh, but um, yeah, I mean, they they seem to like just exist separately from the kind of thing that other musicians, rappers seem to, with, as far as like how celebrity culture react to them or how other rappers react to them. Like, they don't they're not involved in that kind of thing. And I think that's right. part of what holds them together as far as them being their own creative force that does the kind of thing they want to do, even if it's a risk of what kind of popularity they end up having. Yeah. And I think that, that shows very effectively after the first album. They're just like, hey, you know, we don't let's what's wrong with putting like a punk ska song next to like a rap song versus like next to like a singing song kind of thing. It's very great to be like to hear that and just have them and, and understand that. These guys are just musicians. They want to have fun. They're friends with each other, and they just want to do whatever they want to do. And, and, they, and that they figure is it out again. Most like free. after after Paul's boutique fails, essentially flops as far as sales go. They they evolve again. Like it's not they didn't do anything wrong right. with Paul's boutique as far as 
their musical prowess goes, but they, for Check Your Head, they still, like, did something different. <laughs> right. And, like, even Ill Communication, like, I wish they talked about that more because that's my favorite album, but, like, they, <laughs> they still did more stuff. And then Hello Nasty, they briefly say that's the most ambitious album we've ever made. I would have loved to know right. why. I, I can I can hear it right. when I listen to Hello Nasty. I can tell, but I wish I would do, like, the thought process behind it, along with, again, yeah, the I other wonder... albums and where their mindset was. Like, I, I think, just real quick, like, To the Five Burrows, I really wish they could have gone into more because I, that that album's really influenced by the effect of 9-11 and, and Bush's reaction and everything. And I know that they, they have very strong feelings about all that, and that's what they tried to put in that album. It's like, we didn't hear anything mm-hmm. about that. And that's that's the kind of stuff I really would have liked to hear. Of course. No, I, I agree. I, I I will say, um, going back to Paul's Boutique for a second, um, yes, I would, have, I would have liked to hear them talk about it more. Um, I don't know if you guys saw, though, that right before this... Um, before Beastie Boy Beastie Boy Story went up, um, they, they were on a lot of um, uh, you know, uh, 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 post Bloodshot era. I guess is that, that what we're saying? <laughs> Thank you. Um, post Bloodshot era press tour. They, <laughs> right, press tour. They did a lot of yeah. so they did like Jimmy Fallon and I think they did James Corden and stuff. So that you go on YouTube, there's a lot of them yeah. like zoom zooming with and on the Jimmy Fallon one, uh, who's the Questlove? Who's the Questlove. main? Questlove and um, did you and Black did you Pot. watch that clip? I haven't watched it yet. I, I've been meaning I did. to. So yeah. in that so in that clip, Questlove is like he's like the only my only problem though is that you guys really didn't talk about like Paul's boutique and he's like that album is so like groundbreaking. That's like one of my favorites and and what they said was they're like yeah they're like absolutely we understand why people want to talk about that album but they're like from their point of view they put everything into that album and they thought they made this amazing thing, but it's more about the fact that, you know, it's crickets. I think that's what they say. It's like nothing happened because on the other end, I sort of get that. I'm like, I want to hear about the creative process and all this, the stuff that they were doing, but I get that the way this is designed, it's like, Oh, well that's not really what it's about. And on the, on the plus side, I'm sorry, I don't remember it, but there is a documentary that came out last year on PBS, and it's all about um, music and production. And there's one where they talk about Paul's Boutique, mm-hmm. and it's really great. Um, and I right. think there's also a documentary about the 808, and they also talk about like Beastie Boys and everything. Nice. So if you are a fan of yeah, the stuff's out there, I don't. There dis- are I don't other. There are there are yes. There there's there's like music historians or whatever that are that can talk to you about that and be and be like, oh, here's why this is so important. But yes, of course, I would have loved to have heard more from them personally. Right. And I think, Aaron, to your point, you had, uh, you know, in the documentary, they do talk about, well, Yalk was really experimenting a lot with Paul's Boutique. And I I would have loved to have heard samples of what they were, what he was trying to do. And, you know, you can hear it when you listen to the record itself. But still, like, to your point, uh, um, Peter, it's like, yeah, from the horses, that'd be great. I have a question for you guys. Yeah. Um, what did you guys think of the the end credit? It's not even a stinger. It's kind of just like I guess these these glimpses, outtakes, whatever the case is. Like it actually goes on for a long while. It actually yeah. goes on for like maybe like three to five minutes. Yeah. Uh, what did you guys think of that? And and what did you guys take away from it? I I mean I thought it was very really entertaining as far as mm-hmm. it's a mix of yes I would have liked to be there to see that live, but also it's just really entertaining to watch as far as what's going on there without getting too far into it because i just would like people to see it as a somewhat of a surprise there's basically like interaction that takes place from some special guests uh that clearly happened at the live performances 
um, that they don't really yeah. edit into the main movie you watch, but you just see kind of clips from it all spliced together. Because uh, it's basically like this, it's like the same bit, but on different nights. So there's but different, with, yeah, there's exactly. different right. guests. <laughs> right, so right. It's, it's pretty clever. And there's also something else going on. And I will spoil this one because why not? It's with um with with Mike, Michael K. Williams on stage, like yeah. dressed as is he as is he as Yelk, and like he's, he's dressed as Yelk and like there's, and there's like, like a young boy as Mike kid. D or <laughs> yeah, and, and like so that, that's what of... I was getting at when I was talking earlier. I was like, I wish that the, it seems like there was definitely something that we missed out on. Yeah, there's a very theatrical element paid. that's going on here. Yeah, it reminds me of something like what they did with um. You know how, again, this is like a performance piece. It's not so much like a talk. So whenever you think about something like um, um, who was the Daily Show guy who is who made his own show for Netflix? I forget his name. Which it's from guy? Davis, California. Oh, oh, oh. Uh, um, what's his name? <laughs> I can see his face right now. I just guy. can't remember his um... name. <laughs> Yeah, skinny guy, tall, good-looking. Yeah, he has, it's a good Netflix special, you're right. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's a great one. Uh, but it, it, he's got a great special, and then when you look at that, and you're like, oh, cool, it's not, it's like jokes and comedy, and it's about his life, but it also is like this immersive art piece. Um, and then Hassan there's Minaj. also another... Hassan Minaj, yes, thank you. And he's got a great art piece. And then the other thing that I thought about when I saw these outtake clips, and Peter, I'd love to get your thoughts on the outtake clips uh, after this, I thought about um, Neil Brennan's Three Mics, uh, piece yeah, and one. i was like this similar. is you know definitely something that is different and you know it, it's immersive and it, it it actually hits me in different ways um and so did this, this bc boys documentary but obviously like I, I was like man if i had known that they were going to do this and they had a tour about it i would have tried to go see this tour you know yeah. what i mean like what yeah. i would have gone to go and try and get a ticket to a theater so that i could see michael k williams or somebody else dress up because it felt as though they had a lot of stage space, and I was like, "I'm feels as though they're they're missing out on something, or or whatever the case is." But yeah, because it's a two-hour documentary, which, so it's probably like a three-hour show that they were doing. So there's you know yeah. an hour that we're not seeing here. Right. No, I liked I liked all of that. Um, I I you know it's weird. There's that there's a moment early where there's a mistake that's is it is there's like a slide that's supposed to come up yeah it's yeah. like a music like drop Jones that's supposed to happen to, yeah it's, it's supposed to be like cool man or something like that or cool dude or something right 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 um and it's like yes. when it actually does happen it's like never as funny as they think it's going to be which they also call attention to yeah right 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 totally so i wish there was i wish there was a little more of that but i did like that so then when you go to the credit scene and you see the special guests no, you're totally right because it it does seem like it's basically it's basically like maybe two questions and it's basically just seeing the special guests answer. But I mean, yeah, I, I thought that was very entertaining uh, and everything. Like I was, I mean, and it, and it fits the Beastie Boys. Like, oh, of course, there's more, you know, during the credits or whatever. So, um, yeah, I liked all of that. Um, again, again, it sounds like the biggest thing we're saying is. I just there's wanted more. Like, yeah, there's, there's not right. enough of this. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's uh, yeah, too good. I, I think that's that's pretty much. Like again, I, I don't know if it's too good. I, no, I, think I mean that it's too it's too like the, to make it too watching good. this material is too entertaining to have it stop all of a sudden. Like if right, there's more right, there, yeah. I'd like to know what that more is. Right. I would like, love maybe, to hear the more. I would love to hear the different voices. Like I don't think that we're like I don't think the other you know hour or whatever that's you know cut out of this is suddenly filling in all of the gaps as far as going in depth on the albums that we're not hearing about or whatever but i do think yeah. there's maybe a more rounded experience as far as seeing the whole show which makes sense because it's a whole show and not part of it of course um right. and you know speaking to that we don't you know maybe it's because spike jones doesn't want to get too like focused on himself but it would be nice to and we'll talk about this when we talk about the videos but it'd be nice to hear them 
talk about the fact that they made like really creative music videos, right? I mean, they between yeah. Spike Jones, some they, other they directors, touch upon it. they touch upon it. They touch upon it through Yauk basically because he's yes. Even though they still play up the idea that there's a person, there's Yauk has a cousin named Nathaniel Hornblower who's Swedish. That's just <laughs> no, it's that's, his uncle. It's his uncle. Whatever. He's you know it's just Yauk. Like it's like but they they don't they don't they they still treat him like a separate person. And they even show the clip where he like where Yauk dressed as Nathaniel Hornblower got on stage during the MTV Music Video Awards and like bombed on REM because Sabotage didn't win this music video. That's that's a good friend right there, man. They're holding on to the bit. Like that's the um, what's Andy Kaufman's guy? Uh, His the other person he plays like Tony. Uh, I I know you're talking about, but I, I. I can't it's, remember. It's, uh, it's like holding on to that same bit. Tony Clifton. Um, as far as like, yeah. there's this other person that's just actually one of them. That, that they're still holding on to. Right? Yeah. So, yeah. I mean, overall, it's it's very actually a really good looking movie too. I do want to say, like in terms of the technical aspect, when they're showing you the theater inside, um, I was like, this is really clear video. And when Aaron had mentioned, hey, by the way, do you want to talk about this Beastie Boys documentary? I kind of hesitated at first because, again, you do want really good sound for this, right? Uh-huh. Um, and so I was like, okay, cool. I can get a I can get a free trial to Apple Plus TV, and I can hook it up to my sound system and watch it on my television. And because I, I would have hesitated much more if it was like, well, I can only watch it on my MacBook and I have to use headphones. Like that would have sucked. But because I was able to see it, I was like, yeah, this would definitely have done very very well from a technical aspect in an IMAX setting I mean, where you have amazing spike, sound. It's a Spike Jones movie, so like I I don't deny like I don't I don't doubt the, the like how good this movie's going to look and sound on a screen. So like you got somebody that knows what they're doing no, directing this thing. Right, you, no, you guys are um I, I will say though, you guys are you know, you're totally right like all them being on stage when they do the music cues and they'll hold it now, like, and they use how they created the samples, the scene where they're, they're doing the fake walking with the uh, screen, the rear projection, all that's great. However, um, and this is something I could sort of bring up. We talk about the music videos, but this drives me crazy as a, um, I don't know, as a, as a, as a, a budding editor, is that what you're going to say? Yeah, no, no, as a, as a, you know, film fan or whatever, I am a, I have a huge, I, I love music videos. Like not just, I mean, I love a lot of the Spike Jones Beastie Boys music videos. Absolutely. Um, but I really, I really think music videos, especially for like my generation and down, I would say like my, you know, Gen X millennials or whatever, like sure. they are for a lot of people, uh, an introduction to non-narrative stuff you know it's like it could be avant-garde it could be like whatever like and it drives me crazy that you know i can go on youtube and i can go to the beastie boys channel or even i'm watching the beastie boys documentary and when we see clips from the beastie boys like intergalactic or whatever i always it drives me crazy that the the resolution of the stuff doesn't look that good it's different if i feel like they shot it on video but like something like Sabotage, which I think was shot on Super 16. Yes. Yeah, that could look way better if you just remaster it. And it feels I'll, like it's a I'll weird. Note, I'll note yeah, that all know. of the Beastie Boys videos have been remastered and on their YouTube page right now. Ah, uh, see, I still think they look okay. I'm just I don't saying think they, they have been. They've been recently eight. They've been recently remastered in HD, and they're all available on YouTube. I'm, they I'm are. Sure. They still look soft. They still don't look as good as. Oh, okay, uh, this is a totally weird tangent, but um. No, please. Peter Gabriel, I mean, I don't know if it's Peter Gabriel that did this, but Peter Gabriel's um, Sledgehammer has oh. been remastered. It looks really good. Like, I was like, wow, this looks fantastic. 
I don't think any of the beast like Fife Fear right because you're right. If you go to the their YouTube, it does say Fife Fear Party HD. It's still soft. Like it, it's just a weird thing because look, we all talk about these things like um, on this podcast or right on Why So Blue. It's like a film restoration is a big deal in the age. You know, four when yeah. Blu-ray to 4K. Right. That's like a big deal. And I guess I just feel like I'm like, oh man, I wish that like I wish music videos, especially like the Beastie Boys or Michael J- Michael Jackson, especially like I, I really want to see these things restored. And I want them to look, look bad. That like I I don't know. Like especially if they, they still look pretty good. I don't know if they've been remastered. They could be remastered too. I don't think they have the, the Michael Jackson videos. Yeah. Like, I, I, no, I don't think Thriller has. I think it still looks kind of no, okay. I, well, you didn't see it in IMAX like I did, which was amazing. <laughs> Oh, oh sorry. well, wait. So was that okay? Was that a film print that like that might? Yeah, that might look to me. It could have been. Cause, a, yeah. Well, there was, a, was it was it, it was retrofitted for you know to to look to work in IMAX. So they did whatever they needed to do to make it look spectacular. Yeah, and that, that's I mean, kind of like, what I think that they probably would have done for this too. And Peter, to your point, I think that they there's more audio that I'm more key, keying in on right now than there is video. Because uh, I agree with you that the video stuff when you see them back in like their tours in Florida. Yeah, of course. I don't think they're going to like try and digitally remaster that so it looks great on like a 70 foot screen. Um, I don't think that really would have worked. It would have looked too like too clean to some degree. Um, but yeah, mm-hmm. I, I, I'm more talking about from an audio standpoint. Just like they actually when you when they're closing out this movie, they just play intergalactic planetary like they almost play the entire song with a with a music video. Mm-hmm. That sound like the bass on that is just like the intro three like. Oh, Italy. I love that. Just, like so good like i had to turn it down because my neighbors would have complained last night um but it's it's just so great and i was like i, w- I would have loved to hear this like in full surround sound with like an imax type level uh setup oh, for sure for sure absolutely yeah i mean i i have a sound bar at home and no i thought all the all the music drops that they did all that was sounded pretty great mm-hmm. anything well, else awesome. on the beastie boy story or can we get to uh Let's get film, to let's, let's get to well we're we're definitely gonna talk more Beastie Boys in a second here anyway but let's get to that second part. All right well okay when should people go and stream this movie I guess first though movies available on Apple TV Plus currently should people stream it should they not should they wait to do it at some point? I mean I think a lot of people I know don't have Apple Plus but I think it's only one if you've never tried it I think there's a free trial yep. I think but at worst I think it's four ninety nine a month and I definitely think. Four ninety nine, especially if you're interested in uh, the Beastie Boys, I think that's absolutely worth it as like a rental or something for sure. And then you get all the, and then you get all the other Apple Plus content. So I would say right away. Yeah, I would say that it's it's kind of like a not in queue, but not right away. It's kind of like in between. Um, because again, I think that it, we're just saying that it's a good one, but it's not a great one. Yeah, I mean, I I'm a huge Beastie Boys fan, so like I I wanted to see this when it was announced, and I saw it, and I was very happy. So I mean, I, I can't yeah. I I have you know some issues with it as far as like how deep it goes, but outside of that, it's like I'm not gonna say I didn't have a great time watching this thing. So I, yeah. I would you know if you if the option's available, I'd say go stream it. Um, all right. Well, let's move on to some out now feedback. Feedback, feedback, feedback. Feedback, feedback. This is where <laughs> we go over the race. Questions and answers on our Facebook page, facebook.com slash on our podcast. We asked a number of questions to the listeners, and then they gave us answers. Uh, or they gave us questions that we can answer. Uh, we're going to get to our question real quick first. So it's from Alessandro. He, uh, hey, what, what does he ask here? The question here is, uh, is there a music video that you think could be turned into an interesting movie? I think the answer to that is largely yes. Uh, I think the, We just talked about Michael Jackson a second ago. 
a lot of his movies or a lot of his music videos could probably be turned into movies and they were turned into games like Moonwalker, right? Um, <laughs> but, but yeah, I, I think that there would be for sure. Uh, I mean, Thriller could be a movie. I mean, it it almost already it, is. It kind of already is. <laughs> it's, yeah. it's, it's, it's one it's, of the it's best. It's a meta movie because he's watching a movie about himself in the in the music video. I mean, I, I wrote a whole article of why Thriller was the be- is one of the best horror movies of all time. <laughs> so it, it does its job. Um, but no, the, yeah, there's plenty. I mean, like the gorillas, like you could practically make a whole like season out of what they've done with their videos already like as far as the kind of there's some kind of weird long form storytelling they're doing with the characters that have been created for that band mm-hmm. um let's see. there's a it's weird because the, the art of the music video has sort of like waned in the past like decade or the past maybe like two decades you'd say because they're very waned, strong it's, just, like, it's not a it's not something that's prevalent uh as far like it they they're made and there's a lot of them that are still very skillfully made there's just not for some reason the, the station that used to be called music television doesn't play music videos anymore so there's not a you have to go on you have to like actively go out to seek them and then Hence like the term wait you know, I don't. But, um, wait, but I, I mean, that, waned as far as like v- like viewership, perhaps, but not as far as but, they still exist and they're still made by like top tier talent. Oh, yeah, I mean, like I don't. I mean, I guess we'd have to know what we are, or what we're registering as success or not success, because like, I mean, you know, a, a big Taylor Swift era video of like nineteen. That's like six hundred million views. I mean, those are pretty. A lot of people see those. And then uh, yeah. what's his name? Uh, Gangnam Style. That's like two billion. So I don't know, man. I've, but I mean, I'm, I'm just saying I have heard that before that people say, oh, music video is not as big as it used to be. And, and maybe not because it, you're right now. People have to go to YouTube or Vivo. Vivo is like Vivo, I think, is the distributor of they handle the music videos and then it can be on YouTube or whatever. But I don't know, man. I feel like I see a, I feel like there's still a lot of like music videos out there but i, mean, I don't sure. know yeah. i mean I, certain, I mean there's probably a generational aspect involved this too like i don't know how younger people talk about the you know new new videos that they see from their favorite artists but it does seem like compared to when you had like mt like total request live and all that where the the, the right. music videos are seem to be like in the cultural conversation based on what was going on in them or what they're competing with it doesn't i i don't know that to be still more a thing as it used to yeah. be yeah, that's and probably, again, like the music videos true. are there. Like again, the number one music video on YouTube is probably Despacito, right? But as far as like a music video as going to the levels of like a Michael Jackson thriller or Michael Jackson um, Smooth Criminal, no, they're they're not on the same level. You know what I mean? Like these were these were like their own art installation pieces. These are just music videos to make you go along with like the song, you know? So. I, th- I think that the viewership is there and the, the listening is there. But as far as like the Saturday night, I'm going to go watch this premiere thing. I don't think it's there. No, that's probably true. I mean, Taylor Swift as I'm bringing up her again, but I know. No, that, please. You know, She's Taylor a huge Swift, music star. Taylor Swift will, she will tweet or on Instagram when a new video is coming and her fans will be excited and it'll be like, Oh, tomorrow at midnight or whatever. And so. We, or like when Connor for real surprise that, drop something at midnight on one day. Right. Well, no, or I would say I would say um Billy. I mean Billy Eilish they is another one. Who, like when people think of Billy Eilish, they also think of like how they visually see her, which a lot of that is her her presence, her videos and stuff. I, yeah. Also, I do think that from what I can tell, you know, the 80s and 90s, especially the 90s, a lot of really talented filmmakers like David Fincher, Spike Jones, Michelle Gondry. Yeah. I mean, Criterion did didn't Criterion back in the day on DVD do music videos based on director 
They did, right? Criterion. Mark there's well, not Criterion. There is a set that has Mark Romanek, Spike Jones, and Michelle Gondry that I have. But yes. Also, but, okay. but, but Criterion released Beast, Beast, a Beastie Boys DVD, which I watched in preparation for this podcast, which is an ambitious yeah. release because it has all of the videos plus alternate angles on a lot of them, alternate remixes nice. of the music, and audio commentaries featuring directors and the band. Like, there's it's so packed, um, and it's wonderful. Uh, but yeah, the, but I. You're not wrong as far as, yes, the 90s were a good heyday for directors that are huge and today <laughs> that got their start, you know, doing all this kind of stuff here. Right. Yeah, totally. I mean, Peter, Peter were there any any specifically that you could be turned into a movie? It's weird. I couldn't I couldn't think of like, I mean, thriller, honestly, thriller is the one that would pop in my head because it, it does seem like uh, a narrative and something. Um, I don't know. I yeah, I can't I can't. Off- have my head think of a specific one i think weapon yeah. of choice could be a full-length feature just christopher walking at night going into random hotels and <laughs> well, sure. <laughs> i mean to be fair i mean sabotage is also a great sabotage could be a great tv show right sabotage. i mean it, it's already like an 80s tv show with all the mustaches but <laughs> right sabotage feels like it could have been during uh almost like it could have been part of grindhouse like a fake trailer it could have been part of that thing where it's like and now we've, made a, we've actually made a show like that yeah i could see that sure yeah. like um yeah well what's the next uh, feedback aaron well now we get to some questions that we asked that they gave us answers to our first one here is what's your favorite spike jones movie justin writes her and where the wild things are mostly because this is one of my favorite stories coming to life irene has being john malkovich and chris has her uh, definitely echo being John Malkovich. What a weird but quirky and fun movie. Yeah, I think I'd go with Bean. I, I mean, I know a lot of people love her. Uh, I only saw her once. I thought it was terrific, but I've seen Bean John Malkovich more, so I would go with that. John Which Malkovich, really, John Malkovich. Although, wait, to be fair, when we think of Bean John Malkovich, don't we sort of think of that as a, if I'm right, the first three, isn't it? It's a, it, it's like a Spike Jones Charlie Kaufman collaboration because I don't think he wrote. I don't think he wrote her, but I think Adaptation and Bean, those are Charlie Kaufman scripts, right? Those two are Charlie Kaufman films, yes. So I kind of feel like it's a marriage of it's a Spike Jones and it's a Charlie Kaufman thing, to, just to give Kaufman credit. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, no, it's not giving Kaufman credit, but yeah. Um, right. <laughs> I mean, honestly, I it might be Adaptation for me. I haven't thought about this too hard as far as what's Adaptation he's, great. He's, he's pretty four for he's four for four in my eyes. Like every movie he's made is because I really like Where the Wild Things Are a lot as well. Um, it's, it's great my, trailer, great trailer. It might, it might be out of because that like yeah. Nick, the performances in that movie are like they're all none of the movies have bad performances, but I think Nick, the combination of Cage, Streep, and Cooper, they're so Cooper. and Cage, and Cage yeah. is working Cooper's overtime playing two characters. Two, and yeah. and I I tend to prefer Streep when she's not playing like wigs and accents, so her being like a normal person is you know that works for me pretty well. So it's like all of that uh-huh. in this insane story. That's like not a story, but is like, that's really, it's really inventive. In my eyes. Yeah. That's Charlie Kaufman for you, man. Uh-huh. Boy, Kaufman did Kaufman write and direct Schenectady, New York. Yeah, he did and, Schenectady, New yeah, York, which yeah. I also really yeah. like as well. Amelisa. Is that the other one? Uh, Anomalisa, uh, yeah. Anomalisa. Anomalisa. Yeah. Those are great too. Um, wait, so wait, who wrote her? Spike Jones wrote. That's Jones. A Spike Jones. That's who written and directed Spike, yeah. Spike Jones. He won the Academy Award for it. Yeah, you got Wait, it. so is that is that the only movie that he did both, or Wild Things Are too? Well, Wild Things is adapted. Technically, that's so. adapted. Yeah. Oh, that's true. Yes, yeah. you're right. Maurice, yeah. Maurice Sendak did that, Peter. Exactly. <laughs> Get it right. Did you guys? Did, did you guys know that? Like, I I just heard this recently, and if I 
maybe Aaron and I already had, had this conversation, but like, like when they made her, it was actually, is it Samantha Morton was the voice or something like that? Yes, yeah. it was. Yeah. Samantha Morton. And then they replaced and her. And she was him. directed to do the voice more robot like. And then when they got into post, they didn't really like that. And then that's how Scarlett Johansson gets on yeah. board. So Scarlett yes. Johansson is really like after the movie's already shot. Pretty fascinating, yeah. pretty wild. Interesting, yeah. 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 Um, when you know what you want, as far as how to make a movie work, yeah. I, mean, make a, I mean, things happen. Like, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Where the Wild Things was Spike Jones and Dave Eggers. They co-wrote the screenplay for uh, uh, okay. Which actually tracks Again, pretty well, as far fantastic. as Dave Eggers goes. Yeah. Well, the next question is, what are your favorite music documentaries? Jim Dietz from the show has a band called Death, The Wrecking Crew, The Last Waltz, Shut Up and Play the Hits, Awesome, Fucking I shot awesome fucking I shot that. The Clan of Western Civilization Volume One, Dance Craze, Erg, A Music War. Uh Todd has Rush Beyond the the Lighted Stage, Woodstock. And am I allowed to say this is Spinal Tap? Sure. Uh lastly, Chris has if this is Spinal Tap is allowed, then I have to say Fear of a Black Hat, Lemmy and the Filth and the Fury. Uh, stop making sense should be on in here immediately. <laughs> yeah, stop making stop making sense should be there. Um Truth or wait, is Truth or Dare? Are we counting that as a just a concert documentary? Is that what that is? Is there I mean, so it's different... not making sense. I mean, so... oh, so it's not making... Yeah, you're right. Like it's a documentary featuring musicians. That's you know how I. I mean, it, I get what you're saying. It's a concert or it's a documentary, like going into the process. But I mean, I'm, it's a question on out now feedback, not a you know a Jeopardy question. Feedback, so I think we could get through this. Yeah. Um, um, I've thrown Amy as well, which was a fantastic documentary. You know, I did not yeah. love Amy. I thought Amy. I thought well, Amy. Well, you was, can leave, Peter. <laughs> I thought Amy was. I thought that was the weird thing where, unlike I would say Beastie Boys story, I felt like Amy. I am no. Now I am nowhere near. I don't know. I know way more about the Beastie Boys than I do about Amy Winehouse. But I felt like when I saw the Amy documentary. I don't feel like I learned much new, which is weird because I don't know that much about her. It felt like they kind of just took everything that's like, oh, yeah, this is exactly this is what you would do for her documentary. Whereas the Beastie Boys, I don't agree. Like there's a lot. I, I, I don't I think because of how much home footage they had of her, like I found that to be pretty fascinating that you got such an inside glimpse and you got a lot more context that get, that went against the kind of jokes that were being made against her, that she's a person exactly, actually yeah. suffering I, I, through things like and yeah, I think that and beyond tell beyond telling a story about specifically Amy Winehouse. I think it tells a good story about how fame like really affects people. And I thought that would made it effective. Yeah. Yes, I, 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 that I definitely felt pretty... bad for like her. And I was like, Oh, I, I was, I was one that made fun of her. I was like, Oh, she's just a rich person. that's going to go through these problems. Kind of like the way that Britney Spears did. But as you get older and you watch these things, you're just like, these people had some serious problems and she was being taken advantage of by her family, by her ex-husband. It was crazy. And I was just like, these people should never be allowed to ever be around uh, any of her stuff ever again. It was very fascinating to watch. That's interesting. I I guess I didn't. I guess I didn't. I never really thought of Amy Winehouse like you're saying. I never thought of like, oh, she's just entitled and blah blah. No, I I was like, okay, she clearly has a lot of problems. Like, so you're right. I didn't necessarily know about the family and the other stuff. That's true. Well, that's been our review of Amy. I mean, to be fair, I saw it once. Well, yeah. <laughs> that's neither here nor there. We'll, we'll get to that. In a, in a <laughs> yeah. Oh, uh, Anvil, the story of Anvil. That's a, that's one I really like as well. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, okay, what's your favorite Beastie Boys album? Todd writes Paul's Boutique. Uh, Jim writes Paul's Boutique. It was the soundtrack from the 
for the first salmon season i worked in alaska great al- great album times great time great album great times nice um chris has the 1999 anthology the sounds of science oh that is i do like it is a pretty good <laughs> anthology yeah um i like alive that's a good track so it's the only way you can hear it i love alive oh uh, yeah alive's great um i mean i yeah it's like it's pretty you know what i'll say this it's gonna sound like a weird tangent i i would say i have grown up pretty much thinking paul's boutique is their best album kind of the way for most of my life i grew up thinking the empire strikes back is the best star wars movie but i don't feel that way about star wars and the empire strikes back anymore so who knows maybe (laughs) i will change my mind right now i'm still gonna say paul's boutique though wait wait, what do you think about star wars now is it star wars yeah it's star wars star wars is the best yeah i think it's star wars i pretty i had a i had a weird thing this is i had a weird thing where i started thinking that i kind of feel like we have a weird culture thing where we kind of started thinking of all these these sequel movies that are that we consider better than the original and it's because they're really good sequels you know terminator 2 superman 2 or whatever but eh, i don't know man star wars is pretty good yes everybody loves that andy garcia um but yeah we but scenery but but Aaron, like like your uncle, I also had the cassette of uh, Paul's nice. Boutique. So, mm-hmm. I mean, although to be fair, I do not think they have a bad album, though. I, That's another I mean, thing. I agree. Yeah. <laughs> like so, it's not like I'm like, oh, that one's lame. I'm like, no, they have a lot. They have a lot of pretty great work. So I don't. Yeah, when I hear what you guys say your bests are, I don't think I'm necessarily going to be like, that one's terrible. Like, so. I mean, I, as I mentioned earlier, uh, Ill Communication is the one that stands out on top for me. Like, I don't dislike any of the albums, and I grew up a lot with Hello Nasty in particular. It's the one that I like, listened to a bunch when it was out. But yeah, Ill Communication is the one that like sticks on top, and then like Paul's Boutique's like right there behind it. There you go. Uh, lastly, what's your favorite BC Boys music video? Which is actually a great segue into our second half of this topic. Jim Dietz has, hey, ladies. Uh, Shalem, hey Shalem, I hope that everything's okay over in New England for you. Uh, so what you want, even though it's not any of their best, I have strong nostalgia for that time period. My buddy stole some VW album emblems and wore them as a necklace. Uh, the shot, then shot uh, when they were rapping in the hubcap reminds me of that. The shot when they were rapping in the hubcap reminds me of that. Christopher has three MCs and one DJ hits me in the right spot. It's a weird music video. Pretty fun, though. Uh, Todd has no question sabotage. Justin has sabotage. A few of us, when I was in the Air Force, recreated the video. I just wish I had it. Oh, yeah, that'd be cool to see. Yeah. Well, let's answer this as our second part. Aaron, do you want to set it up? Yeah, so now we're going to get into what our favorite Beastie Boys music videos are. We've each selected three. Or live performances. Or live performances, okay. And uh, we've each selected three that we're going to go through. And kind of, you know, give some thoughts as to why and everything. But yeah, as we've t- talked about plenty on this podcast already, the Beastie Boys have a, a, a large library of music videos that are all very creative and feature a lot of directorial talent and their sensibilities as performers that have just led to, I think, a lot of, you know, iconic videos that like you can think of when, you can, when it comes to like who's made some of the best music videos out there. The Beastie Boys certainly, you know, take up a big chunk of that given like all their creativity that they put on display. So um, with that said, let, let's start with Peter. Peter, what are your three favorite music video, music Boys music videos? Uh, so uh, Shake Your Rump, I love I I love the fisheye lens. I love them being on that rooftop. Uh, I love the little the little kitten rotating on the turntable. Like uh, and also it, also that is that might be 
that might be their best um I don't know what what is it called but it, you know how you have an album and it's your first track the opening track or whatever like that sure. I think that might be although the dog saying I love you is pretty great on ill communication. Ill communication, uh, yeah. Yeah, that is pretty great. But <laughs> that's that's but, uh, my, that's my no, favorite by far as far as the Yeah, that is pretty though. great. I do. I um but no, I would say shake your rump. I love that. Uh, that's a um, like that that one I, that setup where it's like three cameras and it just shifts back and forth between them like it's really cool like it's really yeah it's, really, it's a really fun video um and they just see also like the color palette it, it it really has such a different vibe than than what we had gone gotten from the license to ill stuff yeah you, you can know? see the they, shift uh, because it's clearly like oh that's, that's, a, that's a that's a rock and roll heavy set of music videos those ones and this one's like it's more low-key um, and then after that, I would say, uh, which we'll call it Sure Shot, which I also love. Uh, also, it's so cool to see. And then with Sure Shot, it's so it's so cool to see them all dressy in Vegas, like to see <laughs> the Beastie Boys like dressed up, even though they're they're still sort of making it. They're still sort of in on the joke. Like mm. they look pretty good. It's like oh, they look good dressed up and everything. You know, and it's, it's, it's got nice. that, yeah, and it's got, and it got again. It has the dog lot, the "I love you" thing, and I do love the um, the yak uh, thing where um, he talks about you know all the all the women, the respect to the end, and you have those really quick shots which they did earlier because they they think with their their man John Woo, and you see John Woo like for a second, like I love that. They referenced uh, the taking to Pelham one two three, which is just like, that's great. wonderful. Yeah, that's, which I didn't know what that was at the time. I was like, I have no that no idea what that is. Like, and that's then the, the that's third like one the thing, like they they reference so much stuff that like I've grown up watching as well. So it's like I'm so right. I'm so indebted to like what this band has done because they're like not only the re- like both in their lyrics and in the samples they're using, like Paul's boutique, like Egg, like I mentioned Eggman. It, Eggman, like, it, it brings in uh, the theme from Jaws and Psycho and one other that, like, offhand, I'm not remembering right now, and, like, puts it all into one amazing song. It's like, what? How? <laughs> These are things I like, and this band is doing this for me. Why? And it's, and the, I think, if I'm right, Eggman, I think it's an Eagles song or something. Like, one of the, it's either the the bass or something. Oh, no, or is it the, the is it the guitar riff? I it's think, some yeah. 70s. It's something that I was like, wait, what? That's where that's from? Like, I found yeah. that out later. Like, um, cool sample. And then, but, uh, but yeah. And then my third really went back and forth on this because I felt like one of you is going to say sabotage anyways. So I'm like, <laughs> do I use my third slot for sabotage? And I sort of wanted to put fight for your right to party because regardless of what we might think about how well license ill holds stacks up compared sure. to their, their work after that. I really think Fight to Write Your Party is a pretty fun music video and everything, but... It's a classic. Uh, yeah, I'm going to go with Sabotage because I, I really love seeing... I think Sabotage is the one more so than Intergalactic, even though I, it's not on my list, but I do like it. I really like how in Sabotage, beyond beyond all the great humor they're having at that late 70s, early 80s cop show thing, I really like the characters. I love Bunny. I love like <laughs> that's just great. Like I was just like, man, they're really like they're eating the donuts, throws, and at the very end, I always wonder at the end, is he throwing his his badge away? Is that what it is? 
I think so. Like the thing about Savage, it's like it's like when when like Spielberg and Lucas made Indiana Jones. Like, what if we had an action movie that's just all the fun parts? Like that's what Sabotage right, is. Yes, where yeah. it's like, what if we just made a cop movie where it's just all cops doing cop stuff? Like, that's what they have. And it's just like they're drive. They're like constantly driving fast over hills, running down streets, yeah. hopping fences. Like it's just the action cop stuff that they do. Like that's yeah. The I just like that. Like there's like a there's a scene where they they introduce the rookie and he's punching somebody out. He's yeah. Like, that's not a rookie move. <laughs> His name's like Bookie the Rookie or something like that. Like it's just yeah, ridiculous. ridiculous. <laughs> but I I love how they talk about this in the documentary too. But I love how they're just basically gorilla all this stuff because it's it's pretty obvious that they don't have any rights to be at that motel and then they're just like playing dress up. Adam comes out of like one of the hotel rooms and they just start chasing each other. It's mm-hmm. it's pretty fun. Pretty great. Yeah. Um. So those are my three. Nice. The, for Sabbath, so as I said, I watched that Criterion DVD with all the, the Beastie Boys videos. Each video has its own like set of special features, and on Sabotage, there's this like six minute like weird talk show clip where it's as if the Beastie Boys are playing the actors that are playing the characters in the Sabotage video. They're as the actors on a talk show that's being hosted, but because it was directed by Spike Jones, being hosted by Sofia Coppola, who is he was in a relationship at the time, and um, the and the and the daughter of uh, John Cassavetes. They're like ho- they're like dressed up and just like yeah, they're like dressed up together in this like <laughs> '70s gear, and they're talking to the Beastie Boys playing the actors in the Sabotage music video, like about <laughs> about Sabotage. It's really wild. <laughs> <laughs> I dig it. I dig it. That's awesome. Yeah. Uh, what about you, Aaron? You want to get to me? Um. Okay. Yeah. My. Okay. The first is Intergalactic because it's a kaiju movie. Yes. So like, why would I not like, represent Intergalactic? Yeah. Uh, it's like the Beastie Boys tapped into Godzilla and you know made their own version. Um. I'm a What's huge. What's great about that too is it's like it's it's almost like it's filmed in like Japan in some parts. You can, I love just seeing everybody's reaction. They're just like, who are these three white guys that are like dressed up like this? Yeah, this is it's such <laughs> great innovation to like see them like incorporate both the you know the models and the the kaiju like the you know the big giant monster suits and the robot suit w- interspersed with yeah them just like being ridiculous in their jumpsuits running around Japan and I mean I, hey. I'm a, I, I love the song and like that's a that's a jam that I you know that that intergalactic like, hell and nasty in general came out like when I was like getting into music like just like I, I I'm striking my own chord here as far as what I like so that that's been an iconic music video for me and so the the combination of what they're doing visually as well as like having that song in there which is such a you know it gets you going when you listen to intergalactic it's so, a great song yeah, yeah so it's wonderful um so that's mm-hmm. one uh my other one is body moving um which is one of my all-time favorite songs in general especially the, the fat boy slim, song. The, fat, the fat boy slim remix of it specifically which is what they use for the video this is okay. just wonderful it's a it's like this spy romp and it uses like actual footage from a, a mario baba film Diabol- Di- diabolic which is coming out to blu-ray pretty <laughs> soon from from screen factory which i'm really excited about because it actually has the this video on it as well in, in like mastered in hd so it'll be even better than the dvd that i have it on uh but it's such a, like you know absurdism is a great way to describe a lot of their music videos and this is certainly one of them where it's this like spy breaks into a thing steals a thing gets into a sword fight cuts off a guy's head the guy survives tapes the head back on they chase after him get into helicopter shit like there's all kind of crazy things going on as this like wonderful beats playing that get again it's a you know it gets you going just like listening to body moving and yeah. it's it's so much of their like 
what kind of fun things can we do and how do we accomplish that? And that's this entire video. And it's always fun to yeah. watch. It's a, it's a joy. Uh, yeah. So I, I'm a huge, I'm a huge fan of body movement. Um, and the, and like, there's so many good ones. The other one I want to point out just cause I don't think it will get mentioned. Otherwise it's called don't play no games that I can't win. It's from their final album, hot sauce uh, committee part, part two um, featuring Santa gold. And it's, it's a spike Jones video and it's, it's them it's action figures like it's them as action figures like and they're not like marionettes like it's not that advanced it's yeah. action figures where there's like a pole attached and you just and, and it's it's structured not too dissimilar from sabotage it's structured like as if it was like a tv series and it's like this week on beast on, with the beastie boys and it gives you like this crazy action sequence where you're following these these toys like getting into like car chases and whatnot and then it, it turns into a zombie movie at the end and it's just, yeah, like, isn't there like something weird in the middle yeah of it? <laughs> a, a, it turns into a zombie movie it's like at next week on beastie boy <laughs> like keeps going for it and it's really funny and it's you know it's a good track you know there's a lot of good tracks on there on their final album that i really enjoyed and this is one of them and like yeah. i was just going through all their videos just to kind of like see which ones really stuck out to me and this one's just so like it's creative in its lo-fi ways, but still like pretty advanced because you have to make like action figures that look like the Beastie Boys and and, and Santa Gold apparently, right. and so it just it does its job and it's just really really enjoyable. So those are it's those are the three. Super I have. fun and entertaining, kind of like everything that the Beastie Boys do. Mm-hmm. Abe, what do you, what do you got? I've got uh, a few of them. I'm glad that we all have kind of like similar or very somewhat different uh, selections here. The first one is. Um, uh, directed by MCA, it's uh, make some noise. Not the not the short one, the entire thirty the minute. Thirty minute, make some yeah. noise. <laughs> Where, yeah, because the song stops after like five seven minutes, and then it just goes into like a, a breakdance battle with like uh, all these actors. But what I like about this is that it's it's a sense of of uh, I know that this is us. You know what I mean? Like they they are fully aware. Of Mike yeah or Adam Yelk is like fully aware of like yeah this is how we used to do things and. I'm just going to make this cool music video that everybody that you like, like all these entertainers that you like are going to be in. And that it's, was it's... fun. I mean, just like seeing people like get shat on is, is amazing. Like Will Arnett getting a beer thrown at him is great. It's fun. It's amazing that it's the music video where every funny person that exists is in it, except for the Lonely Island, <laughs> except for Andy Samberg and Yorma. <laughs> well, it's true. a good one. They're the only ones not in it. Some of it. Yeah. Which I, which or, I kind of think is very much on purpose. Like I, I don't, I don't necessarily think they have a grudge against them, but I do think they're kind of like, you guys are just doing us, but you're doing our stuff. Yeah. <laughs> so it's like I feel like they, it's very. I, I, I'd imagine it's a kind of a tenuous relationship that they have with those guys. <laughs> I'm sure that it's all quelled now, but yeah, make some noises is a fun one. Um, I like the way that they basically taken the style of Spike Jones kind of doing the fast forward, uh, but then slowing down the, the music video is, is apparent here. Um, the other one that I really like is um, Shadrach. Um, oh yeah, I'll that is great. I'm watching it. that right now, actually. Yeah, yeah. It, it's literally like I think Adam did this too. Yao did this too. He just like he painted. painted. Yeah, he stills it. yeah and and like it's not every frame but it's like almost every frame and so it looks so trippy and warpy it's it's great because like the way that he does like the panning you see like the lights kind of flaring too and it's, it's actually really really well done so it's very very clever and the last one i have is a live performance it's so simple it's super basic it's from the unreleased Chappelle season three where they just play um new style uh with dave on a ferry and they're yeah. like going underneath the uh, the Brooklyn Bridge. And to my left, oh shit, the Beastie Boys. And it's fantastic because it's simplistic in its nature. And like th- that's what I think what's great about the Beastie Boys, like 
they never really needed to like have exploding cannons or whatever they talk about this in the documentary too like they they kind of got away from all that stuff but just hearing them in their pure form with like mixmaster mike and then dave Chappelle being able to like join in on their rap is fantastic you know what i mean um so like it, it's the essence of the bc boys i think is in that because there's a part where they stop everything and then you just hear the subway uh so it's great it you know not to go too far on for this, but Chappelle's show, in addition to being, you know, legendary for its comedy, he had a lot of great musical performances on that show. Like, there's yeah, a, there's a lot of West really good... was yeah, Con... the first time that he performed on live. Like, so, I, I love yeah. the uh, the food of Common and Kanye West. Like, that's a great performance. The um, the Roots <laughs> have a performance on there. Like, there's so there's a lot of, like, really, really good performances that Chappelle's got on his show. Right. Um, so, yeah, you can check that one out. It's unfortunately, like, grainy now, so Peter probably, not, won't, probably won't like it, but... Okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, speaking of a lot, like, I, yeah. I do like the 3 MCs and 1 DJ video a lot, too, because like, it's just... A... It is a fun music video, because half of it is, like, them just standing there while just waiting Mr. For... Mike is, like, yeah. getting something. Yeah. He's trying to get into the building. <laughs> yeah, he's just he's walking down the street, getting into the building, dressed up like yeah. ridiculously, like he's wearing a space like a, suit with like a, like a yeah, with like a, like a proton uh, pack on his back. Yeah, <laughs> and he, he's it takes a long time because he's literally walking to the basement, and so you just watch him go down there. But it's a, it's a fun song because that goes to you. I think both of you guys had one where you guys had different uh, points of view, and so they do shift from a few different camera angles, which yeah. they're proud to leave in the music video. You know what I mean? They just like. Sure. You can see the, the the woman who's operating the camera in one angle. Um, so, yeah, it's, it's pretty fun. But I, I do like, like their live performances a lot, too. And the reason why is mm-hmm. because they have, like, Dougie Fresh doing beatboxing and whatever else. So yeah, yeah. Um, it's all. Have you guys seen Awesome I Fucking Shot That? <laughs> no. Oh, no, I've never seen that. I've heard of it, of course. But it's no, I haven't one, seen it. It's wonderful. I was watching it today um, because it's great. And I like watching it in the prep for this. But it's, like, it's this... Um, it's it's during one of their tours in 2004. They gave 50 fans, 50 like concert goers, camcorders so they could all record uh-huh. the concert from different angles. And then the movie is just cool. all it's just all of you know it's just them editing all of that footage into one movie. And the DVD you could watch any of the angles, which is awesome. Also, you can, you can just awesome. choose one. Yeah. Um, but it, it I got to see, and I saw that in college they they screened it at our theater there, so I got to see it in a, on a in a movie theater, which was great because it's just watching a Beastie Boys concert essentially. But you're getting all of these different awesome. points of view. It's really really cool if you can find that i'd say i'd recommend it for sure um and it has one of the funniest openings just it, you have to see it to understand why <laughs> but, nice but very very much in the style of the beastie boys for sure um yeah, yeah. uh shout out to triple trouble also because it has sasquatch and that's very funny to me uh, do you like yeah the sasquatch is that's great nice. <laughs> yeah. i think um, the overall takeaway from all of us is that we couldn't contain it to three we did but pretty much everything they've created is is interesting um, and fun to watch. Yeah, for sure. You, you guys fortunately mentioned most of the ones that I had in my honorable mention, so I don't need to go too far into like giving credit to <laughs> other ones that I also yeah. really really like. But yeah, their their YouTube their YouTube page has all of their videos, so you can see them very easily. Um, I think and... the last one that I'll shout out in terms of like yeah. live performance that I really like is when they're um, the rapping to Run DMC for Run DMC is like uh, it's like a VH1 special, uh-huh. and they they also rap to Sucker MC. It's pretty. It's pretty good. So Great. Check it out. Nice. All right. Well, with that done, that's gonna wrap it up for our show. Um, next, you know, next week we'll we'll see what happens. I know Capone yeah. hits VOD, and I know Scoob hits VOD as well. So we'll we'll figure out what we want to 
talk about next week as far as our review show goes. We'll have another show later this week uh, that'll you know we'll f- figure out as well soon enough. But for the right. time being, uh, Peter Paris, where can people find more of your work? Uh, you know, I've uh, I've taken a break post bloodshot. However, <laughs> uh, I do have a 4K review coming um, on Why So Blue. Maybe next week of the week actor, it's going to be The Boy 2, which I have not seen yet. Oh, Katie Holmes. actually, I didn't mind The Boy. I thought it was OK. So it's a weird movie. I, you guys yeah, like talked it up in a weird way to me where I'm like, all right, maybe it's this twist. I, I, I didn't guess. say it was good. I, I, Whoa, just think it was, I didn't say, yeah, I didn't say it was you, you, just, it was you guys good. really wanted me to see it for the twist. And I'm like, all right, that's a pretty good twist, I guess. Like, it's yeah, it's a fun twist. Yeah. Like, What's her name from The Walking Dead was solid, uh, you know, like Lauren Cohen. But um, so, yeah, uh, I'm uh, writing Weiss of Blue and I'm on um, Twitter and Instagram, which is really just my cats. Uh, that's Pajamo with an O. Uh, yeah, you can find everything I do over at thecodazeek.com. Every uh, review that I write up and everything ends up over there. I'm also writing uh, full reviews at We Live Entertainment and I'm on Twitter at Aaron's PS4. Abe? For more fun stuff over my Instagram, Abe.Mula and Twitter.com slash Moosh. Hast- uh, Make some noise. MCA for life? Yeah. <laughs> there you go. You can find all the other episodes of Out Now, Third and Abe on iTunes, Audioboom, Spotify, and Stitcher. SoundCloud, Podomatic, and HHWLOD. Feel free to email us any thoughts you might have had on the Beastie Boys or anything else we've discussed lately on outnowpodcast at gmail.com. Right on Facebook wall, facebook.com slash outnowpodcast, or tweet at us at twitter.com slash outnow underscore podcast. And our Instagram page, Instagram.com slash underscore podcast as well. Uh, Peter Paris, thank you very much for joining us this evening. Thank you, Peter. Yeah, thanks, man. I was uh, Thanks, both of you. That was fun. For sure. And yeah, that's going to do it. So until next time, so long. And goodbye. I have never been more ready in my entire life to do this right now. Never. So I'll be up to this moment. All right now, right here.